Shavuatov, Shalom Aleichem, all of you listeners of this great station, the station that beams only Divrei Torah, Divrei Halacha, Divrei Orerut, and religious music. This is Rabbi Albaz from SLC. I'm going to be speaking about the parasha we, we uh, read yesterday, Parashat B'Shalah. It says at the very beginning, Ve'ikach Moshe, Et atzmot Yosef imo. Moshe Rabbeinu was carrying the coffin containing the remains of Yosef at Sadiq. As you know, so way, way before, a couple hundred years before, Yosef at Sadiq had made the Bnei Israel swear that when they leave Egypt, they will take their coffin, their remains with them. So he was taking carrying the coffin, and the Midrash says, Hachamlev ikah mitzvot. The person with a wise heart, he takes the mitzvot. He gets busy with fulfilling mitzvot. And Midrash says this pasuk goes on Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Because he was fulfilling the mitzvah, was carrying the remains of Yosef HaTzadik to be buried in Eretz Israel. So Hacham Lev, it was doing a mitzvah. But Rabbutai, everybody else was doing a mitzvah. Now, he was, while he was carrying this, the, the Bnei Israel were busy with their money that they had. All the uh, vessels, the gold and silver vessels and the garments that they got from the Egyptians, that was also a mitzvah. Hashem commanded them to do so. Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, Go ahead, please, speak to the people to go ahead and, and borrow gold and silver and garments. So why did he say please? Well, uh, because the Bnei Israel was scared. Uh, if they borrow something, that'll, that'll give a good reason for Parot to follow them. So we see that this was also a commandment from Hashem. So Moshe Rabbeinu was doing a mitzvah, and the Bnei Israel were doing a mitzvah. So why is it that Moshe Rabbeinu is considered wise of heart and not the others? In order to understand this, I want to bring up another midrash from the parasha that we're going to be reading this coming Shabbat, Parasha Titro. In that parasha it says, Vayomer Itro. Itro said, he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, he came to Moshe Rabbeinu with the, the, the wife of Moshe Rabbeinu and the children. And he came and he said the following, Baruch Hashem, blessed be HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Asher Hitzil Etchem, who rescued you, Miyat Mitzrayim, from the hand of Egypt, and from the hand of Paro. Now, Mitzrayim, Egypt, was a very tough, strong nation. Paro was a tough man. And Kadush Baruch was able to redeem the Bnei Israel from them. The Midrash says, Amar Papus, Bignut Israel, This Pasuk is talking about a shame of the Bnei Israel, about a disgrace of the Bnei Israel. Why? 
There were 600,000 of the Bnei Israel then. Not even one of them. Okay? None of them said, Blessed be HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Until Yitro came. And he said, Blessed be Hashem. This is what the Midrash says. None of them said, Blessed be Hashem, until Yitro came. Wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense, right? You say, look. They just, uh, they, we see that there was a Shirat Ayam. What about Shirat Ayam? This whole Shirat Ayam, when they were singing, when they were crossing the sea, this all praises of Hashem. The might of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he, was, he, he caused us to be uh, uh, redeemed. This is my God. I beautify him. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took all those chariots of Paro. The whole thing is full of praises. So why only why only, why only uh, Yitro? There's a big difference between the praise of Yitro and the praise of the Bnei Israel. The difference is very simple. The Bnei Israel, they were singing praises to Hashem because of what Hashem did to them personally. All the miracles that Hashem did for them, they themselves benefited from Hashem's kindness and generosity. But Yitro blessed Hashem for what He did to others. Not to Him. He said, blessed Hashem that He rescued who? The Bnei Israel, not him. He was doing blessing Hashem for something that he did for others. It's one thing to bless Hashem for goodness he does to you. Another thing to bless Hashem for something he did for the others. Let's say you make a killing in the stock market. You become rich. So go ahead and you say, Blessed be Hashem. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. You know? And you are grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he made you rich. Fine. But let's say your neighbor makes a killing. And he becomes rich. Now, if you say, Baruch Hashem, blessed be HaKadosh Baruch Hu, grateful to Hashem that he made your neighbor rich, I don't know if you're going to say that. A lot of people wouldn't even say that. Some people may be even jealous. Some people maybe complain to Hashem, why him, not me? But if you do, that's a big difference between blessing Hashem for being doing something good to your neighbor. That's a lot better. This is the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu and the Bnei Israel. Moshe Rabbeinu was carrying a coffin. That was the Shem Shamaim, not for himself. The Bnei Israel were doing a mitzvah also. Of course, they were doing a mitzvah. But that mitzvah is for themselves. The benefit is for themselves. All this gold and silver, those for them. That's the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu and the Bnei Israel. But we have to understand that Moshe Rabbeinu, Shalom, his whole life was dedicated to help others. This is something which is part 
of the character of Moshe Rabbeinu. At the very beginning in Parashat Shemot, we see that when he, 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 he walked out and he saw an Egyptian uh, beating up a, uh, a Hebrew, right away, he couldn't take that. He went ahead and he fought with the Egyptian and he killed him. You might say, okay, here you have a goy that's, uh, uh, that's beating up a Jew. Okay, he came to help the Jew. But you see, later on, we see that when he was in Midian and he saw the shepherds were chasing chasing away the daughters of Yitro. Couldn't understand that either. This is avla. This is iniquity. Can't, he, can't, he just could not, he couldn't rest. He went ahead and he came to the help of the, uh, of the girls. This is the idea behind Moshe Rabbeinu, to help others. Now perhaps we could extend that to some a question that was always uh, on my mind, and, and I think this might shine on it something, uh, give a, a, some kind of an answer. When a groom uh, gets married and he takes the ring, he puts it on the index finger of his wife and he says, Hare you are sanctified unto me with this ring. And he says, Kedat Moshe v'Israel, according to the law of Moshe and Israel. Wait a minute. Why are we mentioning here Moshe? Why? I mean, it's obvious that if we're doing a wedding, it's going to be done according to the law of Moshe. Of course. But why are we mentioning it? Do we mention that when we, we put on tefillin? We put on tefillin, we say, Kedat Moshe? Or you build a sukkah that Moshe is, but we don't do that. Why are we mentioning this altogether? Well, perhaps we could say Moshe Rabbeinu, his whole life was helping others, sacrificing for others. We're reminding the, the two spouses, the groom and the kala, that in this marriage, to be successful, one has to really devote himself for the other. One has to dedicate himself for the other, sacrifice himself for the other. Perhaps that is one of the things that may be uh, uh, in mind to, to, uh, to remind both the Hatan and the Kana. Now, as the Bnei Yisrael left, it says after that, that Paro, for some reason, he regretted. He says, Not only him, even the servants, their heart just turned around. You know, before they were saying, Oh, before that, it was, they couldn't take it anymore. With the, with the ten plagues, especially, the Makat the, Bechorot, they couldn't take it. And they thought, leave, go, go away. All of a sudden, what happened? They don't they don't remember anymore the place. And they're worried about the fact that hey, Hashem is might even bring another plague upon them. Why all of a sudden the, their mind and their heart has turned around? Well, I'm gonna give you two reasons. One reason is the following. It says Uphol. Elohim Israim Eese Shefatim. Akadush Baruchum, when he was 
uh, bringing up those, uh, those plagues upon the Egyptians, he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, started with, with whom? With the gods of Mitzrayim. They were, they were bowing down to the river, the Nile River. The river was a god. HaKadosh Baruch Hu hit the river. The Kadush Baruch Hu doesn't start with the civil, civ civilians. It starts with their gods. Then, if they don't listen, then it comes to them. Because Hashem wants to say, you see, you think you have any gods here that you can rely upon? I'm going to show you. They're nothing. Even the Bechorim, Makat Bechorot, you have to understand something. The Bechorim, in those days, they were really dedicating themselves to the service of Hashem. So they were holy people. So here's the holy people, the ones that are dedicated to Hashem. They can't possibly fend for themselves. I'm getting rid of them. Okay. But there was one God that Hashem left intact, didn't touch. Which one? The Baal Tzafon. Baal Tzafon was supposed to be the God of gold and silver. That was the God of money, of richness. That was not touched. So Paro said to himself, Oh, if Hashem did not touch this, it must be this is a sign to me that the money that they took, the Bnei took, that really belongs to me. Let me go after them. That's the sign. Let me go after them. I want my money back. That's one reason. Another reason. It says, Nebuchim Hem Ba'aretz. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it special. First they crossed for three days, and then they came back. They retraced their steps back. And Nebuchim, Rashi says, Kluim, like, like if they were imprisoned, meaning that uh, they were in one place where they couldn't get out of. Didn't know how to get out of it. So, Paro says to himself, if this is uh, a ma'aseh of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if this really came from Hashem, it couldn't happen that they would be uh, 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 imprisoned in, in a way that he can't get out of it. So it must be that Hashem is not with them. Has for Shalom. So he said, oh, Hashem is not with them. So now I can go and fight them. I can go fight them. But, you know, Hashem doesn't do things just like that. He did on purpose. I heard once the, a story of a, a rabbi. A rabbi, he was on a, on a train was on a Friday, and another rabbi comes, sits next to him, and you know, Baruch Hashem, I have someone here, we can talk, we have a couple hours to go. And they were talking Torah the whole time. And all of a sudden, they didn't realize they were so involved in the in the uh, in Torah that they missed the station, and they kept on going. Going and going. The next station was three hours away, which was already close to Shabbat. 
They couldn't possibly get back, but it'll be Shabbat already. They had no choice. So, the next station, they go out. And they go to this small, small city, whatever. They ask around. Is there a Jew over here, someone, you know, someone who's Jewish here? They point to a certain door. said, over there, that man is, is a Jew. They go, they knock, and he opens the door. He says, to Hachamim. He says, oh, Bruchim, Bruchim Abayim, Bruchim Abayim. Come in, come in. So he asks them, uh, is any one of you by any chance a Mohel? He says, yes, I am a Mohel. One of them says, I'm a Mohel. Oh, Baruch Hashem. He says, tomorrow Shabbat is the eighth day for my son. I could not get a Mohel anywhere around. I'm looking and looking and looking. Oh, oh, Agadosh Baruch Hu brought you here. <laughs> brought you here. I need a Mohel so badly. So one rabbi turns to the eye and says, the fact that we got somehow uh, off, we didn't get off the right station. We made a mistake. He said, that was not just a mistake. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does things with some kind of intention. It was so that we can come here and we can do this Brit Milah here for this, for this man. Same thing here. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted, he, he, he put them, he, he, they retreated like, and they, they were coming back. That was intentional. Yes, Hashem did it intentionally but for a different purpose, so that Paro will come in. He will think, oh, the Anibuchim, they're in prison, they don't know where to go. He'll think that way. And then he'll come, and once he comes in, Hashem is going to uh, drown everyone into the waters. Why? Drown? Why? Midah? Can I get Midah? HaKadosh Baruch Hu always works with Midah, measure for measure. Paro, Imashimo used to take the Bnei Israel, drown them into the Nile River. Well, he's going to be drowned himself with all, uh, with all these 600 chariots and all the horsemen that he had. They're all going to be drowned into the water. Midah, can I get Midah? And actually we see this from next week's parasha, next week's parasha, when he threw, interestingly enough, he threw himself, who was not a Hebrew, obviously. He he came to commit. He came to convert to convert, and and he said, "Ki badavar asher zadu alehem." You hear? What does it mean? The same matter they conspired against the Bnei Israel with that same thing that they cons- that's the, the, the one that they got uh, killed with. Meaning that the, 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 uh, the, they conspired against the Bnei Israel by throwing their children into the Nile River with that same thing they were drowned into the Red Sea. This in itself, 
somehow, according to Chazal, pushed him into becoming uh, a Jew. Because he knew, he knew all the other Abu Dazara, he says. He knew all of them. He says, why? Because of this. Only a Kadosh Baruch Hu can punish measure for measure. Only Hashem can do that. Other gods will never be able to do that. Only Hashem can do it. That showed him that yes, Hashem is Gadol Mikolai Elohim. Uh, there was something uh, interesting that uh, uh, we're talking about uh, the fact that the, the Bnei had with them so much uh, silver and gold and they, so much money they took. When that slew it Mitzrayim, they emptied Mitzrayim. It says some years later, we talk about centuries later, in the days of Alexander the Great who conquered Egypt, the Egyptians came to him with a complaint. They said, complaint. So look, the Bnei Israel, way, way back, they took from us, the Egyptians, they took from us loads and loads of, of silver and gold garments. We want them now to give us back the kind, all that kind of money. We want the money back. So, Alexander asked the place, give me an answer. So give us some time to think about it. So comes this uh, a, a man, a, a layman. And the, the Gemara says he was not like a Tamit Hacham. Give me Abin Pisis, a regular man. He wanted a Hacham. He says, you know, let me handle this case. He says, it's better if I go wide. If, if I lose... You could say, look, uh, he's a plain guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. We'll, we'll, we'll study this and give you the answer ourselves. So if I win, then they'll see that the Torah is Torah emet, Moshe emet, v'torah to emet. They'll see that Torah is really true. So they agreed. So he went. So he asked them, Where, what proof do you have that the, the Bnei Israel? Uh, took money. So the, the Benabos now, ah, from the Torah. Oh, you bring the proof from the Torah. I'll bring you also proof from the Torah. It says from Moshe Bnei Israel, Arba Meot Shloshim Shana. I don't know why it says Arba Meot Shloshim, but it's Arba Meot Shloshim Shana. It says the Bnei Israel were slaves by you, the Egyptians, for centuries. 600,000 people give us back the salaries of those 600,000 people for that many years. And then we'll, we'll talk about it. Give us that back. So Alexander said to them, answer them. So they said, give us three days to think about this. Three days later, they didn't know what to say. They left everything, their homes, their fields, everything. They ran away. They didn't know how to answer. We learned something from here, that 
Moshe Rabbeinu all his life was dedicated to others. We should always try to help others also. This is one lesson that we can learn from here. We are all one Amsegula. We are all one nation. We all try to help each other. And this is why I also say, if you can, make an effort also to help this station because we need this station to grow, prosper, and, and uh, uh, perhaps at some time in the future be able uh, to service not only the immediate area but a much bigger area. And if you do have any kind of simha, please call us. We have a beautiful uh, simha in our synagogue, SLC, at Avenue T and East A Street. We'll be very happy to accommodate you. Shalom Aleichem, Shavua Tov.